Chapter twenty four of the Crimson Cryptogram by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter twenty four The Truth. When Schwartz recovered from the fit, he was taken home in a cab, and for the time being Ellis saw no more of him. He was really puzzled how to act, for the man was evidently guilty as he had not denied the crime. For the sake of Janet, who had received benefits at the hands of Schwartz, the doctor did not wish to denounce him to the police. If he left behind him a written confession exonerating Mrs. Moxton, Ellis was quite content that he should seek safety in flight. Certainly he had murdered a man, and although his victim was a worthless scoundrel, still there was no excuse to be made for so heinous a crime. But would hanging Schwartz do any good? Ellis thought not, neither did Cass, nor Janet. "'If it was Busham,' said Harry, "'I would see him swing with the greatest pleasure, for he is a thoroughly bad lot. But Schwartz has so many good qualities that I should like to give him a chance of repentance.' "'And the crime was not committed deliberately,' chimed in Janet. "'I feel sure that Mr. Schwartz did not come to Dukesfield with the intention of murdering Edgar. No doubt he wanted that forged bill.' and hoped to rob Edgar while he was drunk. It was seeing the carving-knife in Laura's hand which made him a criminal. Temptation was put in his way, and he snatched at it almost without thinking. Under those circumstances, and because he has been kind to me, I should like him to escape. He can take his own chance of that, said Ellis, but to counterplot Busham it is necessary to get a full confession from Schwartz. But he may go away without making any confession, Bob. I don't think so. Not until he has an absolute peril of his life will he leave his idol, Hilda. Besides, I called at Goethe Cottage, and he is still ill after his fit. Did you see him, doctor? No, he refused to see me, being engaged with Garrett. But I saw Hilda, and she is lamenting your absence, Miss Gordon. I cannot go round to the cottage now, said Janet, with a mournful shake of her head. Mr. Schwartz thinks that I have been a spy and ungrateful. Indeed, you wrong him, said Ellis quickly. He was much touched when I told him that you did not wish the police to be told. He would have said more about it, only he fell into the fit. This conversation took place in Ellis's sitting-room on the evening of the day following Janet's discovery of the pocket-book. Schwartz was still ill, and, as Ellis said, would see no one. The three, Cass, Ellis, and Janet, were now anxiously discussing what was best to be done. They wanted to thwart Busham, to save Mrs. Moxton, and to spare Schwartz, but none of these three things were easy to do. Since Ellis had given his ultimatum to the lawyer, nothing had been heard from Escher Lane. Janet was inclined to think that Busham, afraid of being implicated in the crime, had fled. But Cass and Ellis were satisfied that the man, with his grasping, foxy, intriguing nature, would stay and face the matter until his personal safety was compromised. While they were discussing this point, the door opened abruptly, and Busham himself entered the room. It was a case of talk of the devil, and you will see his hoof. The trio were completely taken by surprise at his unlooked-for appearance and his insolent entry. Hee-hee, <laughs> sniggered Busham, who had all his natural impudence about him. I just looked in to see Dr. Ellis. "'And I find company. How do you do, Miss Gordon, or Mrs. Moxton? Which?' 
i am janet gordon mr busham i think you know that indeed i do not dear lady you are one of the twins remember a kind of double-faced female janus eh cease your insolence man said ellis angrily and tell me how dare you walk into my room without knocking oh i informed your landlady that i was an old friend of yours so she let me pass she looks a fool doctor you don't offer me a seat well i will anticipate your hospitality and take one and who is this gentleman my name is cass i am a journalist said harry enraged at the man's impudence what the deuce do you come here for not to see you my dear sir my business is with dr ellis and possibly with miss gordon have you come to confess asked janet quietly confess i have nothing to confess i came here to make a proposal ellis shrugged his shoulders you have brass enough for anything i think said he well mr busham what is your proposal let mrs moxton surrender all my uncle's property to me now that edgar is dead i am his rightful heir being his nephew and nearest of kin i destroyed the will i don't mind admitting it because mrs moxton is in my power and it is my place to make terms not to be dictated to well then as the will is burnt i take a portion of the property as next of kin but that will not satisfy me i mean the whole and cried busham in a threatening tone i mean to have it what a modest demand jeered cast and if mrs moxton surrenders her property as you wish what then i shall tell you who killed moxton oh you need not look at me as though i was an accessory before the fact i did not see the deed done i knew nothing about it at the time but by putting this and that together in a way sneered busham which you are all too ignorant to understand i have a knowledge of who killed edgar and why he was killed don't mistake me i hold all the threads of this case if i get my price i shall save mrs moxton by revealing the name of the murderer should she refuse my just demand i shall denounce her to the police and let justice take its course justice echoed janet with a scorn and by your own showing my unhappy sister is innocent i know that retorted busham with an ugly look and i can prove her innocence no one else can there was silence for a few minutes and then ellis spoke quietly and to the point do you know busham that i feel very much inclined to kick you said he you are proposing blackmail call it what you like but give me my price for what for information which we know already busham started from his seat in nervous haste you know already yes do you think mr cass and i have been idle all this time that we have not strained every nerve to baffle a scoundrel like you and protect two innocent women from your blackmail you are a little late mr busham we know who killed moxton you-you-you you know stammered the scoundrel white to the lips yes we know and we have discovered the reason why moxton was killed surely you have forgotten our talk about the forged bill before the end of the present week the murderer will have confessed mrs moxton will be exonerated from all complicity in her husband's death and you mr busham well i don't know about you but from what i guess of your share in this tragedy you will be in jail i had nothing to do with it who killed moxton oh laughed cass delighted at the confusion of busham as you know there is no need to tell you the name the baffled lawyer looked in turn at each of the scornful faces then he rose in a hurry 
this is a game of bluff he cried savagely you do not know who murdered edgar and you are trying to get my secret from me without paying for it oh i know you all i can see through you it does you credit said janet contemptuously sneer and jeer as much as you like madam you will not look so merry when your sister is in prison on a charge of murder which she will never be put in ellis we shall see we shall see you think yourself a clever man doctor do you not but i am cleverer oh you don't know what i am you gave me five days to confess as you call it or else threatened to put the matter into the hands of the police the five days are up quite so said ellis smoothly and as you won't hear reason i shall see the police to-morrow i dare you to i dare you to foamed busham who had completely lost his temper i get my price or mrs moxton goes to jail you shall not get your price broke out cass as furious as busham you will not get one penny of the property shall i not aha you don't know that edgar's will is burnt that is where you are wrong my friend said ellis calmly you burnt a copy the original will given to me by miss gordon is in my possession busham stared so wildly that for a moment or so the others thought he was about to have a fit like schwartz ellis snatched up a glass of water on the table and dashed it in the man's face the shock brought him round a trifle but he seemed indisposed to speak further with the knowledge that his intrigues had proved useless came a collapse of his courage and insolence with a kind of sob he staggered blindly towards the door and out of the room ellis at the window saw him running down the road reeling from side to side like a drunken man busham's nerve was broken he did not even attempt to question ellis as to the truth of his statement about the will instinctively he knew that the game was up and that all his schemes had recoiled on himself never was there so complete a fall so deserved a punishment he will tell the police about laura cried miss gordon nervously let him said cass we will have that confession out of schwartz to-morrow and your sister will be proved innocent and when that confession is read miss gordon i shall not wonder if there was sufficient in it to warrant busham's arrest there added cass pointing to busham's disappearing form that is the last we shall see of him and as subsequent events proved he was a true prophet but the danger was not yet over it was just possible that out of revenge at the failure of his plans busham might denounce laura to the police the only way to prove her innocence would be to get a confession from schwartz ellis took the night to consider this question and next day called at goethe college between eleven and twelve o'clock he sent in his name but quite expected that schwartz would refuse to see him to his secret surprise he was admitted at once and conducted into the study here he found the german clothed in a loose dressing-gown and seated at the desk schwartz looked terribly ill he had aged considerably since ellis had seen him his cheeks had fallen in his forehead was wrinkled and his eyes had lost their usual genial twinkle with bowed shoulders he sat huddled up in his chair and without offering his hand to the doctor nodded to a seat i'm sorry i could not see you yesterday doctor said schwartz in a faint voice i was very ill and i had much to do but i wished to have some conversation with you to-day if you had not come i should have sent for you ellis replied in the german tongue which schwartz evidently for the sake of secrecy was using you intend to confess then ah then you are certain that i am guilty 
you must be the pocket-book of the murdered man was found in that desk and we knew it was taken from the dead body the other night when i accused you you did not deny the charge i had no time doctor but i deny it now you say that you are innocent said ellis scarcely believing his ears perfectly innocent here is the confession of the guilty person and schwartz unlocking a drawer took out two or three sheets of foolscap pinned together and covered with writing this is the confession he said signed and witnessed the confession of busham ach no the confession of the man who murdered moxton my friend hilda's father captain garrett End of chapter 24, read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California.